0: What? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, no, I thought, you, I thought we, made, we made that contact. I thought okay. you had something. Sorry. We can always edit this part out. That's the beauty <laughs> of a podcast. It's going to sound, we need, we, we it's gonna sound seamless.
1: Get out of here. Way back. It looks up. There's the cycle. You can't put it on the board. Yes. A single, double, triple, and home run in one game.
0: And he is hit for the cycle. <laughs> Right, joining us on The Cycle Now, how cool is this? The 40th manager in Chicago White Sox history, Rick Renteria. Rick, thanks for being here, man.
2: Hey, thanks for having us. Uh, we're 40,
0: we're just to kick things off, name the previous 39. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I can name
2: you the last one and the previous one, and that's about as far as I'll go. <laughs>
0: it's exclusive group, man. There's been 45 presidents and only 40 managers. Yeah, I mean. This is a bigger deal.
2: The, these... <laughs> Obviously, these gigs, they're, uh, they're limited. Uh, there are only 30 positions of, of this nature, obviously, at the major league level. Uh, obviously, appreciative of the opportunity that the Chicago White Sox are, are giving me, and I'm glad to be on the south side.
1: Yeah. Without divulging too much of your interview process, like, what's your thing when it say? Like, to your point, it's only 30 managers. What's your thing to say, listen, I'm the dude. This is, <laughs> I'm, I'm the man. No, I'm, I'm the... what you need.
2: I think uh, when you uh, have conversations with uh, all the uh, parties involved, uh, they're searching for your personality, they're searching for your experience, your insight, Uh, they want to make sure that you have a balance of being able to communicate and basically hold the players to uh, a certain uh, level of uh, accountability. Uh, That goes without saying, I've been in the game since 1980, I mean I started playing in 1980. I've uh, been around a lot of uh, great players, average players. i uh, been on some fun clubs. Um, the, the nature of the game hasn't really changed that much in that it's baseball. And so we're kind of trying to, uh, as we spoke earlier some of the fans, I said I'm not trying to uh, reinvent the world, just trying to introduce everybody to it, reintroduce everybody to hmm. it.
0: You talk about fun clubs and uh, <clears throat> one of the more memorable years. I mean, to be in the league that many, uh, to be in baseball, what, 37 years. Walks what back. are some of the years that stand out?
2: Actually, you know my the biggest year for me in terms of uh, how impactful it was uh, was obviously my first year that I got called up. But in uh, 1990, I was injured, uh, took a line drive to the face during uh, uh, infield work, and was out of playing here in the states for a couple years. I played in Mexico for two years, and um, at that point, the 1993 season rolled around. Florida Marlins were now coming into existence. Um, I was looking to hopefully uh, get back into the game here Mm -hmm. in the States. Um, We had a gentleman by the name of John Bowles who uh, ended up becoming my first uh, boss in in player development, Uh, called, uh, extended an an invitation. Dave Dombrowski sent an invitation to be a part of the AAA club uh, in camp, Uh, ended up going to camp and making the major league club out of AAA camp, basically, and stayed a couple more years. So uh, that was one of the uh, moments when I knew that uh, anything is possible. Yeah. You know, I was just saying, I just want to show everybody I can still play in the big leagues. Sure, like if I can get one more day, ended up being two more years, and then uh, started uh, coaching a few years after that.
3: I know. I mean, obviously, talent level a lot different, but going from playing in the majors to going back to playing in Mexico just has to be such a, a shift in so many different ways. What was that like? Well, it was.
2: It's interesting because you know when you come in from the states, going into Mexico, you're already seen as the, the mm-hmm. top guy. Um, Everyone's you have trying to understand an off. and adjust to the. To the pitching and, and uh, things of that nature, but it's no different than what we have to do here on a daily basis. I think the uh, aspect that uh, we all understand in terms of facing big league pitching, uh, velocities are going up. Um, you know, the idea of executing uh, is still primary. Uh, you can throw hard. If you don't throw strikes, it just doesn't serve any purpose. It's just like me speaking both languages. If I don't have a good message to present, really does me no good, so I have to be able to put an idea together and a concept, and what's, hopefully you guys get it.
1: What's that one pitch when you played that was like, uh I can't, this
2: pitch? This uh, actually, I got sent to play winter with? ball. It's <laughs> a great question. I got sent to play winter ball. That's nice that you said yeah, it before you, he did. Yeah. Yeah, you said <laughs> that. I'm full of great questions, buddy. You just hold on. <laughs> I got sent uh, to start playing winter ball. Actually, my first year was 83. I went to Mexico, uh, played for a club, uh, Wasabe, Algodoneros de Wasabe, And um, they sent me down there to learn how to hit breaking pitches and off-speed pitches. I could Mm -hmm. hit the fastball. I think most uh, drafted, young drafted players can probably hit the fastball, it's the off-speed and the breaking ball that you have troubles with. And so I went down there and and ironically, after about the first uh, seven to 10 days, I was on a real short list of almost being getting released because I wasn't hitting very well. And uh, what kept me there honestly was that uh, I worked very hard, I prepared, I had them coming uh, bring out uh, guys to throw to me, uh, specifically throw breaking balls to me. Uh, they thought that uh, I was showing so much uh, desire to, to have success, and uh, I kept hustling, I kept running balls out, I kept doing everything that you can to kind of keep yourself uh, in, in play, and uh, then things started to click. Yeah, And I was able 10 years later, after 10 years of uh, winter ball, uh, I survived it. Wow. Yeah. What's
0: the trick to an off-speed pitch? Is it just you got to read it, right? Because it's more a mental thing than anything.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody has a different way of looking at it. A fastball, a four-seam fastball, in terms of our eyes, I know our, our, when I was, coach, when I was uh, being coached as a young man, uh, they used, used to tell you when you're looking for a fastball, it's all white. When you see a breaking ball, you see a little dot, a little circle, and it's the seam, the way that the seam is rotating, and you start to look for that. Um, obviously, it takes a keen eye yeah. to be able to recognize those things. The way pitches pitches are today and how, how sharp those pitches are and how, how explosive velocity is, you have to put yourself in a position to possibly look for a particular pitch. You always try to hit off the fastball and adjust everything else. Um, in most instances, you know, our approaches have to be a pre-two strike and a post-two strike approach. Yeah. Um, you're always sitting in your zone trying to allow them to make the mistake Uh, and every now and then uh, you catch it and uh, when you get into two strikes it's obviously a a slighter more defensive approach but uh, it allows you to kind of battle pitches and some of the things that we've been talking about as an organization that we're going to try and do a little bit better.
0: So when you became uh, when your name manager uh, that's an exciting day and then things start rolling this offseason I mean it's been a lot of stuff going on. It's good good things, right? You have a direction that the team is going in?
2: It's a great – it's been a great winner as far as I think we as the organization and staff and and uh, from the big leagues all the way down through the minor leagues, it's, it's been an impressive winner with the uh, acquisition of some of the players that we've received. I think we're all on the same page. I think we're all looking to do the same thing, um, build up the organization from within through the drafts and through trade. I think that process is now beginning uh, the last couple of years. Uh, this is only my second year, so the last couple of years though, of the draft has been really good for the organization, mm-hmm. so it's starting to build up. Yeah. I think the future's bright. I think uh, the model that's being followed right now isn't new. It's a model that's been followed by five or six clubs over the last five or six years. Mm-hmm. I think it just takes a little time to, to kind of catch on to it and I think uh, As far as uh, structure and process, I think those things are in place. And, you know, you chip away at it and and you make adjustments and you continue to improve.
1: How much time have you got to spend with the young guys so far?
2: You know, I've been um, through the winter, uh, honestly. I traveled to the Instructional League this year, saw some some of the kids down there. Uh, I actually went to the Dominican Republic, saw the players there. Uh, I saw some of these young hitters in in many hitting camp that we had uh, 10 days ago or two weeks ago. Um, and then just you know conversing with some of the new pitchers that we've received. So how do just, they
0: respond when, when you show up? Is it, is, are they ner- do You think your presence makes them a little nervous? Or it, they- it
2: it might, but I think what what you try to do is alleviate that yeah that pressure. You still want them to be themselves. Hey, I put my pants on the same way they do. I put my shoes on my sock. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My shoes Except I Just tell like
1: you how to put your pants <laughs> on and how to put your <laughs> shoes on. But other than that, I do the same you know, thing you do. Uh,
2: the thing is you, you need to ha- allow them to be comfortable in their own skin. I uh, know that they're a big part of uh, of, of our organization moving forward. Um, and also they, they need to know that there are ways about uh, that we're going to be going about doing things. And so uh, it's important for us to be out there and, and touching them a little bit and, and them getting to know us. Uh, on a personal level
0: what 's the difference in the management approach from when you played to now like because kids these days respond differently to criticism or discipline
2: no doubt I think you got to you got to get to know your per, the, the personnel first and foremost. k y p uh some of the some of the guys that you have uh <laughs> might be more apt uh to want to pat on the butt, you know others might want you to get in their face everybody 's different uh, m- The biggest thing I think that that we get to know. They're following media. They, they're looking at video. They're listening to the radio. They're tweeting. Everything is coming at them 24-7 every second of the day, and a lot of it has to do, believe it or not, is chipping away at their confidence. Yeah, It's mm-hmm. either building them up or knocking them down. The reality is most people are knocking you down. Accept it. It's a moot point. That's the way it is. Deal with it. You know, well, you know, I don't like when people are telling me or criticizing me. So what? Move
3: on. Next. Well, and especially in a big city like this, there's so much media. There's so much of yeah. that. But, I mean, on the other side, Chicago has got to be such a great city for these guys to break into baseball. What do you love about the city? It's, it's an, and it embraces you. Mm-hmm. It's a city that actually follows you. I always tell people to embrace the
2: fact that people are paying attention. Sure. You know, whether they're criticizing you or, or giving you adulation, they're paying attention. Yeah, they care. So yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's not true. a bad thing. The, the question is can we help these guys understand how to separate and compartmentalize their emotions mm-hmm. uh, it's a big part of being a successful major league baseball player uh, i think it's uh the, the one of the best cities to be uh brought up into the big leagues because uh if you can survive here uh if you can survive in new, new york you got a great chance of surviving a, a long career because real truth truthfully people are going to let you know what they feel sure is
0: there a manager style or a coach from maybe even a previous sport or a childhood mentor that you kind of emulate as a style, as as a as a leader.
2: That's another good question. You know, there there are many. I I've played for for, been on the field with with many managers. You know, uh, Dick Williams, Jim Leland, um, um, Rene Latchman in Florida.
0: Jim and, Leland was third base coach of the Yes he was. Win Ugly. Yes he mm-hmm. was.
2: Um, like to smoke too in the yes, dugout, he did. didn't he? <laughs> yes he did. Uh, Tommy Sant in the minor leagues. Uh, Johnny Lippon um, was an A ball manager of mine. Former Detroit Tigers shortstop, back in the day, uh, was one of the most positive and, and influential people in in my life. Um, always had a smile on his face. Always told you how good you were, um, but also always knew uh, how to rein you in a little bit. You know when he needed to.
0: What um, did you respond to most? Did you respond to?
2: I I you know what? Um, my 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 life experience. Um, it takes a lot to jar me. Yeah. You want to get in my face? Go ahead. You know. <laughs> I, it doesn't scare me. All right, I want to uh, hear about this life experience. That d- doesn't doesn't bother me. Like where you um, grew up, like your family. Listen, I, I I'm a I'm a I'm a product of uh Los Angeles. I, I grew up in Compton, California. Uh spent a lot of time there uh in the uh, uh Easy E or Ice Cube. Uh I well, come on. I, I, <laughs> Ice I, Cube. <laughs> yeah. um, um Compton, California. A lot of a lot of uh gang uh um issues going on at the time when we were growing up there. Uh, we lived uh, for until I lived there until I was 11. In terms of being in a home uh, just west of Alameda, we moved three and a half miles up north to the east side of Alameda into the city of Southgate. Uh, but I ended up venturing back and forth into Compton because my 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 pop worked in a little family supermarket there, and I used to set up and sell shoes in this little uh, in their parking lot. Uh, we really, tables and sell shoes. What kind of shoes? Uh, any children's shoes, yeah. women's shoes, whatever. Uh, was available to us. I started selling shoes out of the back of his little station wagon, Monaco station <laughs> wagon when I was about nine or ten. Um, and So uh, they asked
0: like, for a size four, and you're like, let me check the back. Let that me was, check it. That was the I, station I, wagon. I, I'd get into
2: the, <laughs> the Monaco, get into the back, check the box and, uh, and pull them out. Dude, that's and I, and work, I, I, man. I did pretty good. I, I sold and then uh, you I started have big family. groceries there. There's We're nine. Yeah? Uh, Where do you is, fall? I'm in the middle. I'm the fifth. Um, I'm sure, I'm as I understand, uh, my mom uh, lost a couple... Also, uh, along the way, but uh, they were, uh, I have six brothers and two sisters. Wow. Um, I'm first generation American. My four older brothers are all from Mexico, but they're all here. Wow. The four um, older so brothers
0: there. So you're the fir- were you the first? I was the first born here, born in the states. That's wow! Correct. Yeah. And were you guys a big athletic family? A lot uh, all my
2: brothers played baseball. My my dad loved baseball. Yeah. Uh, they used to play over in Gonzalez Park in Compton. Were you guys um, Dodger fans? We were Dodger fans uh, growing up. Um, Who were some of your favorite players? Oh gosh, the, you know the, you had the 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 seventies with uh, Ron Say, Davey Lopes, Steve you know, Garvey, yeah. that whole club. That Steve that,
0: Garvey though. Yeah, you, you dig well, them. Hey, you they, probably know they, them. They
2: all—I I don't know them personally. I mean, we've run across each other, obviously, in the game. You run a, across right. a people, but um, for me, just uh, as you're growing up in in, in the community, that's the, that was the team. Dusty, Dusty Bill Baker, Dusty Baker. I was mean, Bill Russell, Was it Bill Russell? Jimmy Wynn, the was was Bill was shortstop. Bill he was, a Russell. was shortstop. Yeah, right. know, he, used to, he used to hit choke up. You know, he yeah. was just a little scrapper. Uh, those teams that just played the game. I mean, all of them did certain things when they needed to and um, i I you know we followed every, I was a, a fan of baseball i'm a i am was a big Pete Rose fan I loved his hustle I loved energy all those things are part of um, do you have an
0: opinion on Pete rose now uh
2: in ter- he's a he's a Hall of Fame player yeah I mean I can say that i don't I don't I don't uh, address any of the other issues sure there have been other players that are Hall of Fame players that have had issues in the in you got <laughs> in one in our franchise
0: lives. history shoeless Joe I mean he's a Hall of fame right
2: but you can't deny if, if people are truly just looking at numbers. I mean, he's, I thought he was Pete was great man.
0: in postseason coverage too. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Yeah,
2: yeah. Th- there was a conversation he and Gr- or um, rod and, A-Rod and A-Rod Thomas
0: and Frank Thomas yeah. were having about hitting. you caught that. Yeah, <laughs> is we, that something that that you might
2: share with with the team? Or you share stuff like that? I, I you know, what I share are um, experiences in terms of what I've seen other clubs do that might uh, help us uh, perform better. Yeah. You just you know. get upset at a team sometimes. Be like, you know, when I was working
1: in my pops' grocery store selling <laughs> shoes, <laughs> you gotta grind it out sometimes, man. It's no, about I, that hustle tip.
2: I think I think uh, <laughs> those life experiences are are, are truly important, uh, <laughs> but you also have to understand that, and I understand that everybody is a sum total of all their life experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we all wish. That everybody would be in uh, and and have everything that they could possibly have. That they come from a well-to-do family. That they're taught values. That you know, not everybody's going to have that, but it doesn't make us any less or any better than anybody else. Uh, sometimes uh, I think people might not necessarily appreciate uh, some of the things that they do have. Uh, that's where I may come in. Yeah, know, and drop a conversation in about something or make them understand. I don't use it too much unless I have to, but. Uh, The truth is, my career is already over. I'm just coaching. It's their career that's going Mm -hmm. on now. My experiences are not to overwhelm them, but yet just to give them a little, a little light.
1: How much is that though? Is part of it what you say is is managing emotions and egos? Like I mean, that's here when they say manager, it's just not about managing skills, right? It's about managing.
2: Correct. I mean, you you've hit it right on the head. You're managing human beings. Mm -hmm. You're you're talking to people and trying to uh, touch. Their core, but you've also hit another point. You are managing emotions when you're playing the game. Mm -hmm. You get excited. You start getting outside of what you're supposed to be doing, which is just simply focusing on the job, the moment. And uh, it can make them nervous. It can make them uh, non-performers. Those are things that they have to uh, grow up in. I think uh, most people that get to the big leagues for the first time, there's a little bit of an awe that comes with being at at the major league level, uh, no matter how good you are. Um, some might hide it a little better than others. Mm-hmm. Some might have a, a better outcome when they just first start uh, than others. But uh, the reality is you've got to kind of get past that. I always think of the movie Hoosiers. when Love uh, it. When he takes mm-hmm. them out there and he says, okay, they're measuring the, the, yeah. cord, the basketball court. It's still 10 feet. And, you know, it's, like it's the same thing. Right. It's, it's no different. And um, sometimes you have to remember, remind players of that. Uh, but they're human beings, and the emotion and the excitement of moments sometimes. That'd be a great. Over.
0: That'd be a great like parody commercial for uh, the Sox marketing. Have you go out do like a measure, <laughs> measure the bases, <laughs> put one of the players on your shoulders, <laughs> measure be, the fence. <laughs>
2: that'd be pretty
3: good. That would be great, yeah, man. Be awesome. Let's do that. <laughs> John, Don, in marketing. Yeah. With such a young team, I mean, I think uh, what you just said is, is so important that. You know, it's so much more, like you said, than, than just managing between the lines. But how much of that is keeping them from getting too high and too low? Because with a young team like this, that can have such a long-term effect on a career. No question. I think uh, there are two. There are two things that you concern yourself with. I know
2: that I I, I know that I have the capacity and the ability to motivate and create energy. Mm-hmm. I know that. Um, the thing is, is that this is a 200 almost a 200 days uh, sure. season. I want them to become excited and embrace whatever it is we're gonna seek to do. They're buying into it, awesome. Now I need to make sure that we keep it on an even keel mm-hmm. throughout the whole season. Yeah. That is a big part of our job, is to make sure that they're not beating themselves up because we when things don't go well, and we want them to also understand, listen, Don't get too high when things are going good because we've got to stay focused on the process and doing what we need to do to keep pushing forward. So that's a part of what we have to do in terms of uh, maintaining that balance. Uh, Are
0: you a um, kind of disciple of chemistry and trying to create chemistry, or do you think winning and just going through stuff, chemistry follows that? How much is – you know, you read about these teams and you hear about, you know, there's clicks, There's Spanish-speaking players. And the English-speaking players, you being bilingual is huge. Uh, do you see anyone on the team that is going to be a, a bridge for for you know both of these groups to come together? And also, like, is it a, a, a priority for you to say let's do some fun stuff outside of the stadium and let's build some chemistry and let's let's be a team?
2: Yeah, I I, I think uh, you c- you can do things like that. I think uh, you know part of my idea with our club is you know I've talked about it with a lot of the guys and I haven't. You, you know, they will probably hear this after, but I plan on getting a, a core group of players from within the clubhouse, a mix, to be kind of spokesmen for each other. Mm-hmm. And you have to mix the blend. And um, my is always open. We're going to address whatever issues we have to address. But I also plan on us having team dinners. Yeah. You know, get into a town. We all get out there together. Have some dinner
1: you when know. you when you go in and out of like different languages. Some of the players sometimes like, what? Did he just say something about my mama? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like in and out, and they like worry. Like, what did he just say? No, like, no, they'll they'll know if I said something about their mama.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. It makes it very clear. Yeah, yeah. no, they'll, it's it's really easy for them to to. Uh,
0: let me just remind transition. Kevin. This is a major league baseball. Team. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you got to talk about somebody's mama to get them to play the best they can be. Right, you don't right, know right. what their trigger buttons are.
2: <laughs> no, I think I think most of them can can transition when I'm speaking to them in both English and Spanish. I think it, there's a there's there might be a comfort level that comes with being able to do that. Um, it takes a little bit more time, uh, and and honestly, most of our players, uh, Latin speaking players. Most players that transition into the big leagues uh, are going through the process of learning the language of English, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all of them are. And again, as we have spoke about earlier, when you're talking to them, it's a, not necessarily just that you're speaking Spanish, but that the message and the idea and the concept is articulated in a way that they understand.
0: It. Yeah. How excited are you about spring training? Because it's funny, we had uh, Tim Raines, whose name came up earlier, obviously, with his Hall of Fame mm-hmm. induction coming up this year. He... Told a story of coming out of he set out spring training contract issue. Yeah, his first game, yeah, just he went lit off. it up. Yeah, and then he's like, "This just proof that you don't need spring training. This team <laughs> obviously will benefit <laughs> from it being young, being." But where where are you at on spring training? What are you most looking forward to?
2: Uh, just getting them out, out out there on the field, uh, putting our eyes on them, uh, interacting with each other. Um, it's really important for us to. Uh, be able to communicate uh, the importance of the focus that we need to have. You know, the the thing about playing the game of baseball, is so difficult. We want them to have fun. We want them to enjoy themselves playing the game of baseball. Yeah. Uh, the reality is the more relaxed you are, uh, the more focused you can become, if that makes sense. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we call it being relaxed but ready. Yeah. And, um, and I think that when we're going through the process uh, of preparing for uh, the season, uh, we want to make sure that everything we do – is purposeful, that everybody understands that when we're trying to execute and do certain things uh, from a fundamental perspective, that they have to have some focus and some commitment to the action. Uh, because once you start the games, the game starts to speed up. So if you're not preparing yourself previous to the game in a more controlled environment, as many of the of the skill uh, work that we do is done, uh, how do you expect to you know even be able to compete when it starts to speed up just because the game, it just does that. Uh, just the nature of it. So hopefully we'll be able to, uh, get, to get to know each other. Uh, I love to banter with the players uh, in the meetings in the morning. Uh, I like all the coaches to interact with them as we're talking. They need to know we're human beings too. Uh, but we also know uh, and everybody recognizes that uh, we need to have a place where the players have a certain uh, role to play. And then I will have a certain role to play in doing what I need to do to encompass the whole um, uh, clubhouse.
3: Yeah. let's talk about what happens when you step away from major league baseball if you step away from major league baseball i don't know uh i mean what do you do to get away for a weekend or just off season what do you like to do um
2: this year's been a little difficult sure uh, we've been really really busy uh for me it's just uh being home uh being with my family cooking uh we're fortunate to be on a, on a little piece of property in which i have some some lemon trees that we just planted and, and a lemon couple trees. of lemon trees some myers lemons they use them for cooking yeah. Wow. You yeah. like to cook, huh? Like to cook. Um, I'm not as good as I say I am. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I do study a lot of uh, recipes and things of that nature. Uh, we have a few avocado trees on, on, on the property. And uh, so just being around there relaxes me. Um, just before we got here, I was pulling weeds and, <laughs> and fertilizing. So um, that kind of relaxes me a little bit. But it's kind of hard to get out of the baseball uh, thinking. Um, it's kind of constant. Uh, you're, to be honest.
1: Your wife's mad at you. What's your makeup meal? What are you making? <laughs> what are you making? Baby, I'm sorry. Here you go. That's a great question. Here you go. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't give away bloody, that secret. Have you not seen my <laughs> I can oh, <laughs> that secret. Oh, oh, is it that good? Oh, a, yeah. Give away that secret. Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like lemon guacamole. <laughs> what's, what's, your, what's, your, what's
1: your favorite ingredient uh, that you use that you always
0: find you're putting
1: lobster. in lobster? Your... She loves wow. lobster. <laughs> Okay. My wife loves lobster. <laughs> yeah. Let's say we're not let's say sometimes I'll be eating a sandwich to, and I'll be like, you know what, this could use a little lobster. lobster. <laughs> let's say you're not allergic to shellfish. Is there anything else that you would throw
2: in? Well, you know, for us, uh carne asada is, is typical, you know, uh meat uh that we'll use uh on the grill. Um we we do love uh you say no shellfish, um guacamole, uh you know, we're traditional. Uh, so are we, I have ketchup. We uh, <laughs> we have ketchup on our. Mm-hmm. And
0: we have a nice little property, and there's a uh, ketchup, <laughs> ketchup trees.
2: Mm-hmm. No, mm. I I think uh, m- you know my wife's Puerto Rican, of Puerto Rican descent, and so we get to get. Uh, there's a mix of of, of uh, m- uh, multicultural uh, in our family.
1: So she's more uh, rice heavier with her dishes, correct? Black,
2: black beans, rice. Uh, we're we're also uh, you know pinto beans, refried beans, and and rice. Yeah. Uh, but carne asada. Uh, Morle, uh, chicken mole is really good. Yeah. Uh, that's a brown sauce, a Mexican brown sauce a little spice. I know
1: a little bit <laughs> about.
2: <laughs> here's here's what I would like to ask. Then,
1: since you're with uh, the background you have in cooking, where is a good restaurant in Chicago that you and your wife like to go we,
2: to? We we actually just uh, finished. Uh, gosh, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be ups, I'm upset at myself right now because I'm trying to remember the name of the. Have you had the nachos in the helmet? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. These churros are <laughs> legit. That we that we just visited. Uh, oh, and we went to we yeah we had some dinner at Rosebud the other night too. Actually Italian. Uh, okay. that was really really good. Oh, that's um, a good spot. Yeah, yeah. But I, there are, there are quite a few restaurants in here, and as I start to continue to remember their names, I'm going to share them with all of you because I think everybody should uh, should hit them. Oh, awesome, Hear that Rosebud?
1: If you're looking to sponsor mm-hmm. the psycho, looking for new sponsors.
2: I got to find out the the rest of the Mexican restaurant we went to. Uh, down by Benito
1: Juarez yeah oh, it was great though
2: it's yes yeah, it's legit I went to the back of the kitchen uh, where,
1: where is it where is it located
2: it's over by Benito Juarez uh, high school
1: oh
0: okay. okay okay
2: it's on Cermac and uh, Cermac and Ashland
0: alright does that sound right yeah yeah that does yeah they intersect. I know yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that certainly do. <laughs> Sounds believable. It was, what's it? it, was, it was really what's good. it like?
1: Like how? Er, like game day. How? How early do you get to the to the stadium on game day? Like before the game? Like I, how many hours you get before?
2: I'm there between ten thirty and eleven o'clock in the morning.
3: Yeah. No matter yeah, what time the game is. If
2: it's a seven o'clock game, a, if it's a one o'clock game, I'm probably there by seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. What do you do? Seven o'clock game is ten thirty. And when you 9:00. have the
0: lineup. Ready. It's in your head the night after the the game before. Before. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of know. Yeah. You go on hunches sometimes.
2: No. Well, that your hunch is actually what your eyes are are telling you guys are doing. Yeah, that's that's how I define a hunch or an instinct. Uh, Your gut are uh, what you're experiencing and what you're seeing and you're kind of uh, deciphering that information. But it, uh, it is also put together through, you know, I know everybody talks about sabermetrics. Number, we've always followed numbers. Everybody's followed numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the in-depth numbers in terms of sabermetrics, metrics, war, uh, you know, WOBA, all these different terms that exist. I used to follow numbers when it was just basically at batting average. Yeah. Slugging, you know, yeah, versus sure. I grew up versus on right. Stratomatic, okay, the back so of a baseball card. So all those things are still numbers that I, that I look at. Last 10, last 5, uh, versus lefty, versus righty, a matchup up against a particular guy. Um, in the numbers world, uh, the larger the n- the, the, the at-bats, uh, the more accurate the outcome yeah. uh, may be projected to be. Um, but what if I have a guy that's, you know, um, feeling sick that day or isn't quite as healthy as you would want him to be? Right. In some instances, some guys perform better, to be honest, when they're a little under the weather. Yeah. yeah. We've a seen Jordan that happen. Role. Jordan. So, How Are you a th- fan
0: of other sports? Like who's a, who's a coach outside of baseball or a leader outside that you – you kind of like to.
2: You know what? I'm, 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 I'd, I'm ashamed to say that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a baseball. Uh, you don't have to be ashamed of guy. that, Rick. You're, uh, you manage. You're in the I right think, position. I think yeah. all these guys. <laughs> ma- I think manager? all these guys that are in the different positions in which they exist in major sports have obviously done something that puts them in the position in which they're in. They're yeah. the obvious comp- accomplished coaches. But uh, who are some
0: interesting people you've met through uh, being in major baseball for 37 years?
2: Um, Joe DiMaggio. Um, yeah. you know, obviously Pete Rose, uh, Tony Perez. I mean, a lot of the, any people um,
0: outside of baseball,
2: like, um, that I can, that I can refer to right now. Not, not, not that off the top of my head that I can say to you other than you guys. Here's, here's my last <laughs> great question.
1: Uh, <laughs> I find like just following baseball with managers is like trusting your gut can a lot of times gets people fired or not trusting their gut enough. Like, how do you like how I mean, often it. do you trust your your gut as opposed to just going like this is this is what we prepped, this is what I know, this
2: is what we're going with. You know, it's funny you're asking that question. That's probably a sabermetric question because you're asking about percentages. So you're asking me to say to you twenty percent of the time. I rely on my gut. I'm a gambler. 15% of the time, I rely on my Turns gut. Turns
0: out it's not a great question. I, <laughs> could, I, I, I couldn't
2: actually give you a percentage. Uh, all I can say is uh, every game is different. And and in most instances, I think, when before the game even starts, we have an idea of how we're going to proceed, to be honest. Okay. We've already outlined how we're gonna use a particular pitcher, in which inning I might be able to use a particular pinch hitter. Um, The skill set of the player that's on the field would dictate to me whether I wanna pinch run for him in the seventh to try to tack on another run in case we get a knock, uh, things of that nature. Um, All those uh, aspects I think are are run through before the game even starts Uh, and again, I think our instinct and our gut is just basically what we've uh, accumulated in terms of information through studying the numbers and or uh, our feel for the players that we have. What are you most excited about this year? Just the fact that I think we have a a good mix, a good group of young men uh, that I believe are gonna want to to show the the Chicago White Sox, uh, to show the city of Chicago that uh, they're on a trek uh, to become something, hopefully, in the near future that is uh, a club to be reckoned with that will be out there to compete on a daily basis to give you an, uh, a solid effort. Um, and I think that that's a part of, you know, I'm happy to be in, in the position that I'm in because I think uh, my desire is to impart that yeah. mentality and that, that design.
0: If you had to guess how many times you'll be thrown out of a game this year, how many you think?
2: Oh, um, you know, I've, <laughs> I, I've had that. Co- I, I've had a conversation uh previously. Uh, with Joe Torre, and he says, you know, you gotta stop getting thrown out. And I said, Oh, kinda, really? Kind of, kind of tough, you know. Uh, sometimes you, you, you get a little heated, but I don't go in there. I, I, couldn't tell you that I go in there thinking about how many times I'm gonna get tossed. I think the. But moment, if you had
0: to guess, throw a dart. Oh gosh, no, I can't. I couldn't <laughs> I'll guess. put the I, over I, under no, at.
2: Four. Kevin's a gambler. If you remember, I put the right, over right. under at four. I couldn't, guess, I couldn't guess for you. So you've never, you never thought to
1: yourself, I need to get thrown out to fire up this team to, to just as like a motivational. See,
2: that's a technique. See, you're using, you're using, you're, you're giving. Away some strategies (laughs) that shouldn't be used on the air. I'm sorry about that. I just, (laughs) no, I think, uh, uh, interestingly enough, sometimes that does happen, but you have to have a feel to know that you're disguising it well enough that the player do not recognize that you're doing it for that particular
3: reason. One of the
0: most, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, well, you should ask one last question. All right, get ready. Here's mine. City you're most excited to go to, what stadium you love to go play
2: in? Oh, wow. I I think uh Guaranteed Rate Field. There you go. Okay, other than that. Sorry. Let me s- Come on, Rick. Okay. <laughs> uh the, the, some of some of the parks some of the parks in the big leagues that are that are that are the most impressive um, you guys, I think, would like uh, PNC Park in Pittsburgh. I love it. I've been there. It's a beautiful
0: ballpark. I went to – I was driving to New York, and we stopped in Pittsburgh for a game, and it was like September. S- September call-ups were up. Pirates yeah. were not doing well. Yeah. They played the Rockies. The game meant nothing. There was no one there. And the Pirates scored six runs in the bottom of the ninth to win. And the 5,000 people that were there went off. Yeah.
2: It was a great night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. I've seen. I've seen – listen, I've seen people here – uh, last year we had a couple games that went a little long, and they stuck around, and I'll tell you what, they were pretty excited when we come out on top. Oh, yeah. Sox fans are the best. You know, they're, they're it's pretty cool.
3: One of the cool things about this organization is that they do such a great job of bringing back former players, and I think that it, it just it means so much throughout the organization. What does that mean to you to have all these guys working and working walking around the front office and everything, developing a young team? I, I think that's pretty cool. I think uh, – you know, one of the things
2: that everybody should not be afraid of is to use the experiences and the insight that players of the past have had. Hmm. Uh, You can pick their brains, uh, players can pick their brains. Um, Everybody's looking at things uh, from different angles. And I think, uh, um, again, no one should feel threatened when they're around. Uh, They're a great source of uh, information. um, And it bridges the gap Mm -hmm. in time. Sure. You got some older school guys and some new school guys. And so it helps us a lot.
3: Sure. All Real right. Real quick, will you consider that a pretty good question? That was a great <laughs> question. <laughs>
2: thanks. You guys
1: are just pandering now, pandering. Well, we
3: are excited about the, the year, the, the offseason,
0: and I'm sure there's a move or two left before the season begins. Uh, we're thrilled about the, direct, the direction the team's going yeah. and that you're leading the way. Well, so I appreciate it. Good luck it. to you, and uh, thanks for joining us on the segment. Thanks for
2: having me. We're really excited about it. Thank you so much. White
0: Sox skipper, Rick Renteria. Thank you, Rick. Awesome. You're welcome. Thanks,
3: thanks for being Rick. here. A lot.
0: He gone. He did it.